scriptures, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Amen. My Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We come in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We ask for a release in the spirit realm, Father. Every resistance to the speaking, the preaching, and proclamation of God's word be bound in Jesus' name. Every critical spirit that riseth against the counsel of God, we rebuke it in Jesus' name. We take victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Amen. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We will continue with our theme, Who Are You? We already established a few things that we all come into this world with a unique identity, inbuilt identity that cannot be altered. But then, when we are in this world, we are given identity by our parents, by our government, by the people who, that we, who operate around us. Our identities are unique, but we brought our attention to our identity as who we are in and through Jesus Christ. So we looked at ourselves from a heaven's perspective. What does heaven say about you and me? And we said, heaven says we are a chosen generation. We are handpicked by the Lord. Praise God. We are a royal priesthood. Not just simply a priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. And we said as a royal priesthood, we have the responsibility of offering sacrifices. We start by offering ourselves. And then we move into the next realm where we bring the offerings of souls or winning souls for the glory of God. We move to the next realm which is offering of stuff using our resources that the Lord has given us for the glory and the expansion of the kingdom of God. It doesn't end there. We give the fruit of our lips giving thanks. The offering or the sacrifices of song. It don't end there. 
we go to the next realm, the sacrifice of service. So as priests, we all have the responsibility and the great privilege to bring our sacrifices to the Lord. But we ended by saying, before we bring the sacrifice of service, before we bring the sacrifice of song, before we bring the sacrifice of stuff, before we bring the sacrifice of souls, God expects us to bring the sacrifice of self. Praise God. Unless we offer ourselves on the altar, everything else becomes a big drama and a show. So we want to offer ourselves and then move on. So we were with the heaven's perspective. We said that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And now today we move to the next realm. What does the Bible say as to who we are? We are a holy nation. Praise the Lord. We are a holy nation. Praise God. Holy Hagios, separated unto God, concentrated to God, praise God. This particular title as it is being mentioned here, it ought to govern our life and our conduct before the Lord. Praise God. God's word in Peter itself and in the Old Testament gives us the imperative saying God who has called us, God who has chosen us, God who has appointed us, praise God. He expects certain things from us. We are a holy nation. Just as he is holy, he expects us to be Holy, praise God, both as a duty towards God and to our fellow beings. Something special and unique about us, praise God. One, the Lord that we serve is a holy God, praise God. A holy God calls out a people to be holy, we are a holy people, a holy nation, praise God. And God expects us to have our influence around us. Listen, the nature or the attribute of God, praise God, is expected to be in his people. God is love and he expects that love to be in us and to flow through us. God is merciful. God is compassionate. And he wants these attributes to be reflected through our lives or our lives to be an exhibition of the attributes of God. And this God who is holy expects his people to be Holy. It's very interesting as God tells his people. This is what he says. I the Lord who sanctifies you is holy. Therefore you be holy. Praise God. 
When the preacher preaches, he might not be holy. The teacher teaching might not be holy. The exhorter exhorting might not be holy. But the Lord says, I, the Lord, who sanctifies you, is holy. Therefore, you be holy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In other words, the one who expects us to be holy is holy. Praise God. Hallelujah. You and I have been adorned with the robe of righteousness. We've been given the garment of salvation. Praise God. As we have been positionally sanctified and made holy in practical life, God expects us to live up to the standing in Christ Jesus. Praise God. As we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, God empowers us to live up to the calling that He has placed upon our lives to live a holy, a pleasing life unto God. Amen. Praise God. How many of you can say amen to that? Praise God. This is what the word of God says. The Lord who sanctifies is holy. Therefore be he holy. It was God's intention as we read in the scriptures. That Israel as a nation be distinguished and be separated unto God. But Israel stooped low and started going after the gods of the people around them. Praise God. They wanted to emulate the people around them. Instead of being different as God wanted them to be different, they wanted to be like the people around them. Well, God said, this is what he said. You know, since you don't want to be different as I want you to be different, separated unto me in every realms of your life. And in, instead of that, since you want to be like the people around you, I'm going to let you sit on the bench. What does that mean? Made them to sit on the bench. What does that mean, Justice? Don't know? Huh? Out of the game. Oh, man, I expect you to say that. <laughs> Praise God. God made them to what? He put them on the bench. Why? Why? The purpose of God they could not understand the purpose of God praise God when they wanted to be just like people around them they became people who were ordinary God has not called us to be ordinary but he has called us to be extraordinary when the purpose of God is not fulfilled in our lives. He told them, sit on the bench for some time. And he took someone else. Praise God. Wild shoots like you and me. 
Praise God. We were grafted in. Praise God. God established the church and gave them the mandate saying, I know you can't do it by yourself. But here, I make the provision for you. I expect you to fulfill the purpose. Be ye holy. Grace. Some time ago, a tribe in Africa was going through an ongoing plague and sickness. And a missionary doctor who visited this tribe realized that since everybody in the tribe had, the, had a common sickness, he realized that there is a common denominator to the sickness. And he wanted to find that one cause that was affecting everybody in the tribe. And after staying with them for some time, he narrowed it down to the water they were drinking. He realized that the water that they were drinking was contaminated. And as everyone in the tribe was drinking this water, they all were equally affected by this water. So therefore the doctor realized that all the talking was not helping them. So therefore he realized that he's going to bring it into attention in a way that they can understand. The doctor brought his microscope out took his sample, put it on a slide, put it under the microscope, and he looked at it, and then he started calling one by one. He called the chief first, told the chief, take a look. The chief looked, and whoo, what's that? How many of you know you can see into, using the microscope, you can see things that you are naked eyes can't see, right? So the chief was shocked. Well, one by one, one by one, one by one, the doctor made sure that everybody had a look and he told them, this is in the water. So you don't drink from the water from that pond. Well, the doctor was happy that finally everybody got the message. Well, that night he went to bed with the thought, man, mission accomplished. That night there was a, the stillness of the night was shattered. Turning the lights on, the lantern on, he rushed into that camp. He realized he saw something. The microscope was shattered. Someone in the tribe thought, destroy the microscope. And the problem is, This is what people have been doing for generations. Jesus cried out and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and the messenger that I sent to you, how often I have, I have waited to bring you under my arms like a hen gathers her chicken to herself. But you would not. Praise God. 
In other words, every time God sent a prophet and a messenger with the word, the intention was what? Like a hen gathers her chicken under her wings, God wanted to embrace his people and bring them close to his throbbing heart. But God said, every time I send a messenger to you, every time I send a prophet to you, instead of responding, you kill them. Meaning what? You silenced the voice of God. Praise God. God speaks to our lives. Praise God. Have you ever heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Every time you look the other way around, every time you ignore him, you are silencing the voice of God. Every time you hear a song being sung and the Holy Spirit ministering to you, every time the word is being taught and the word is being preached, every time you're driving and you listen and you hear Caleb and God speaking to you, every time you turn it off, you're Killing the silencing, the voice of God. We all know John chapter 316, right? Do you know what 317 is? Huh? We all know 316. What is 317? Tell me, church. What is 317? Huh? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but should have a last left. 16, 17, yes. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but, 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 that the world through him might be. My dear brothers and sisters, God speaks to us not to condemn us. Praise God. When the Holy Spirit brings it to our attention, areas and arenas that needs to be rectified, it's not to condemn us. He is convicting us to correct us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants us to experience the embrace, the warmth of God's love through that embrace that he has for you and for me. God has chosen us to be a holy nation. Praise God. Amen. Hey, don't end there. It goes on. God has chosen us to be what? A peculiar people. Or in other words, another version says, to be his own possession. Praise God. Do you know that you are God's possession? Hello? Praise God. Who told you? How do you know that you are God's possession? One version says, treasured possession. Praise God. How do we know that we are God's possession? The word tells us. Which word tells us? 
Deuteronomy tells us that God's people are a treasured possession. That means God has his ownership upon us. We belong to him. That's Deuteronomy. Give me something from the New Testament. Hello? Church, we are God's possession. Anybody? Sunday school students? Which is everybody. We are his workmanship. Okay, what else? Anybody? Come on. Uh, Paul says he has put his seal of ownership upon us. That means I, you, we belong to him. Who says it? The Bible says. What is the proof? What is the evidence? Well, I and you and we have the seal of God's ownership upon our lives. Tell to your neighbor, neighbor, I belong to the Lord. Now ask your neighbor, do you know how? You tell your neighbor, neighbor, I got the seal on me. Tell your neighbor, show me the seal, let me see the seal. Ah, where is the seal? It's the seal of God's spirit. Praise God, which tells me that I belong to him. <laughs> Paul writing to Romans says, Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are his. Hallelujah. Whose spirit? God's spirit testifies to my spirit that I am his. Praise God. Amen. Does that mean anything to you? I don't know. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you understand what that means. That means I, if I belong to him, praise God, I am under his protection. I am covered by him. I have his provision. I have his providence. You name it. If I belong to him, everything that belongs to him belongs to <laughs> Praise God. You know, having that heaven's perspective, knowing who we are. Who are you? I am valuable to him. <laughs> Praise God. That changes the game plan. Praise God. That changes my outlook. That changes my perspective. All of a sudden, I realize that there is something worth of me. That there is something valuable about me. I belong to him. Praise God. Amen. Don't ever let the devil lie to you that you don't count. You do count. Praise God. Because you belong to him. Praise God. Amen. That's one. Hallelujah. That's two. One. Praise God. 
I belong to him. Number two, that means that my worth is, praise God, I am valuable to him. I have his resources. I belong to him and he belongs to me. Now I want you to shift the perspective. Okay? We're going to shift the perspective. I want you to look at your neighbor. I want you to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor. Praise God. Some are so bashful they don't want to look. Some are so guilty that they want, don't want to look. I didn't look at you when you walked in. I'm not going to look at you now. I didn't shake your hand when you walked in. I'm not going to look at you now. Don't tell me to look at you now. No, look, look into the eyes of your neighbor. Praise God. Amen. What do you see? What do you see? Praise God. I want to tell you. Praise God. As you look into your neighbor's eyes. As you look into your neighbor's face. It's written all over your neighbor's face. You know what's written? What's written? God's property. Mirror. Mirror. God says this is mirror. God's word is his mirror. This tells me who I am. I looked this morning at this mirror. And this said I belong to him. This told me that everything is his, that is his, is mine. And all of a sudden this morning I woke up and said, Wow, I'm a prince. That's what the Bible says. I'm a royal priesthood. I got his blood running through my vein. Your blood might be red. Mine is blue. Because what? Blue is what? Royal. Praise God. I got his blood running through me. I was, I was blood bought and redeemed. So this mirror told me I am his. Oh, I felt so good. I felt elevated this morning. But then the Lord told me, why don't you turn the mirror around? Lord says, the fellow that's sitting next to you, the gal that's sitting next to you, the man that's sitting next to you, praise God, blood bought and redeemed, God's seal of ownership upon him, he belongs to the Lord too. Wow. So I am valuable and I realize that, I realize what? I realize what? Oh, some revelations we don't want to share. <laughs> we realize that that person that I don't like is also what? Oh, man, why would God do something like that? Why can't he simply like those people that I like? Tell me. We have likables, right? There are likables, there are unlikables, there are lovables, there are unlovables. But thank God that God loves us all. <laughs> you might have got up thinking that you're grouchy and grumpy, still God loves me. That don't mean that I keep on being grumpy and grouchy. Brandon! Praise God. God's brand is upon you, Brandon. Brandon. 
God's seal of ownership is on you. Praise God. Now all of a sudden I realize that if I am his possession, that everyone that he loves is his possession. Everyone whose blood brought is his possession. Some time ago there was a, a, an auction for, for the sports memorabilia and they were selling out stuff. They were auctioning stuff that belonged to people who were noteworthy. So they had... Um, Dan Quayle. How many of you guys remember Dan Quayle? Nobody remembers Dan Quayle? The campaign for Dan Quayle was Quail in a bush. You guys don't remember. <laughs> Dan Quayle was the vice president during George Bush the senior's tenure. Okay, that's Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle's Little League Baseball Uniform was on sale. Michael Jordan's running shoes were on sale. That uniform and that shoe by itself was not worth a lot of money because they were used stuff. But both these items went on the auction block and people bought it for big price. Why? Why? The value of that stuff is based on who the owner was. Hey. <laughs> I don't know what you think. Praise God. Hallelujah. My value is determined not by the world. My value is not determined by the likes and the dislikes of people. My worth is not determined by the pole. Praise God. My worth and my value is based on who I belong to. Praise God. It's his seal upon me that tells the world, that tells you that I am worthy to him. Ah. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Of course it is. What do you think? Praise God. So the question is simply this. Are you living up to his expectation? See, everyone has an expectation. Praise God. Based on your relationship with people, we all have expectation for each other. Praise God. If you work in a corporate world, if you work in, a, in an office, your boss has an expectation of you. Praise God. If you go to school, your teachers have an expectation of you. If you are in your home, your family has an expectation of you. If you are in your church, the church has an expectation of you. If you are the pastor of the church, everyone has an expectation of you. We are in trouble because everyone has an expectation. Oh, that's a different message. Some other day I'll come to I'm preparing it, boy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's coming. It's in my spirit. Praise. It's been brewing for some time. I haven't given it much time. It will be titled, Who Do We Please? I give you a preview. Praise God. I'll put it to the side. It just, just, just came out. Okay. 
should not have given it to you. Okay, all right. We'll make you guys wait. All right. Uh, we all have an expectation. You know, we all have an expectation. God has an expectation of you and me. Praise God. When he handpicked me. Oh, when before the foundations of the world, he had an expectation. Before he commissioned me, he had an expectation. Before he assigned me, he had an expectation. Praise God. The question is, are you living up to his expectation? What is expectation number one? He's saying, I did all this for you. There is a reason. What does he want you to do? Praise him. Peter writing says, you've been called out of darkness into marvelous light to declare. I wrote, praise him. But Peter does not use the singular term. He uses plural. What does he say? Praises of Praises. When does the transition take place from praise to praises? If you only did one thing for me, I'll praise it. But what he has done for me is what? I have lost the track. I have lost the count. What he has done for me. So I can't stop with a praise. It has to move to the next round of praise. Oh, praise God. How many, how many, how many? How many? In the spirit world. In the physical realm, in the material realm, in the emotional realm, in the family realm, in the ministry realm. How many? God says, I want you to praise. Praises of Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at the word that He's using. This is what the Lord says. He says, You know what? Declare the praises of Him. In other words, one person says, Show forth. The Greek word says, Exhalo. Praise God. In other words, God says, Hey man, I have given you the bragging rights. Hey! God has given us the bragging rights. Brag about what? The problem is we've been bragging about ourselves. No, he says, I've given you the braggingness. Go ahead, brag, 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 brag about. What's your bragging based on? It's not based on hearsay. It's based on the fact of what he has done for you personally. Praise God. Can you remember something that is done for you personally? Praise God. Custom cut, custom cut, custom cut. Praise God. Custom made, custom made. 
Praise God. Custom-made deliverance. Custom-made resources. Custom-made provisions. Custom-made providence. Custom-made positions. Custom-made assignments. Custom-made projects. It's just for you. And he says, when you think about that, when you know about that, you start bragging, start bragging, start bragging, start bragging about me, about him who has given you. Ha! Praise God. Ha! Praise God. This is what he says. Who has called you out of darkness into marvelous. Praise God. The marvel of God's love. Praise God. Hallelujah. Folks, how often, I don't know about you, I can't, I can't. I try to fathom grace, I can't. I try to measure it, I can't. I try to embrace it, I can't. I try, I try to fathom it, I can't. And I realize that I will never be able to measure the goodness of God. All I can do is brag about it. I try to try, I try to wrap my head around the wonders of God. I try to wrap my mind about around the works of God. I try to wrap my brain around the marvels of God. And I realize that I can't do it. I look to the cross and I see love exhibited. And I try to wrap my mind around it. And I realize that I can't do it. Once I realize I can't do it, this is what I do. I come to him and I say, Lord, I want to wrap my mind around your love. But I can't. Since I can't, I'm going to let you wrap your love around me. Lord, wrap your love around me. Because no matter how I try, I cannot lock it in. I cannot comprehend it. I cannot fathom it. Would you wrap yourself around me? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Oh, what a marvel. (laughs) Out of darkness into marvelous light. The message version says, He has made a a change in you as if the change is a day and night difference. Praise God. What's the day and night difference? It's a stark contrast. Praise God. He has made (laughs) He has made a day and night difference in us. So what do I do? I start bragging it off. I start telling people because I realize that he has brought me out of darkness into his marvelous love. So church on the count of three. Praise God. We gonna, we gonna shout it out. Praise God. What are we gonna say? 
Thank you, Jesus. What are we going to say? Hallelujah. What are we going to say? Glory to God. Hallelujah. One, two, three.